welcome to For the Love of Dogs with Dennis Wolf. Hello all and welcome to For the Love of Dogs with Janice Wolf. What a day. What a beautiful, beautiful day. So many great things happening. Such a gorgeous day for the weather. Make sure you don't put your dogs in the car and leave them in there. But other than that, take your dog out for a walk. Go out to a park. Enjoy yourself. It is just gorgeous out. And in true Janice Wolf form, we, I can't tell you what's going on, are slaying the bad people. So not only are we decimating the people out there who are harming animals and children, but we are also decimating the imbeciles who try to hurt those children and animals and the good people who do great things. So this is exciting stuff. But we're today going to talk about setting some rules and boundaries, which I'm very good at. I'm exceedingly good at that, even with people who don't want to listen, because If I'm going to fix your dog, I'm going to tell you right now, if I can't change the human, I can't change the dog. Some of you have been out there and you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. Some of you say, but I've been going to obedience class for the last five years. I'd say he's gotten a little bit better or he's on Prozac or I got some, I got some shock collar trainer. I got some somebody and he puts his prongs and he told me sharpen them and then you just yank that chain now while that might be fine for you to do those things in the bedroom with a consenting adult i find them repulsive to do to animals it is the same as being abusive to a child the fact that you can bully and intimidate a dog into not doing something does not mean you're changing its behavior and certainly not changing the behavior for the better The key is, the goal here is build a relationship with your dog. And by building a relationship, I'm going to tell you how to do that. I had a dog who I sold her as a puppy. She came back to me after she got her championship, the whole thing. The owner passed. I took her back. And I hadn't seen that dog in years. I just walked a 50-acre park with her off-leash with dogs running at her, dogs barking, chipmunks, squirrels, deer, some little thing that might have been a cat or a fox, all there under the trees, in the water, on the grass. That dog stayed on my hip. And I was with uh, a client and a new patient who's totally adorable little poodle, just adorable, who's going to be trained to be a service dog for his beautiful um, mother and, uh, of course, two-legged mother. And we were walking around, and about halfway through she said to me, how come that dog just stays next to you? You haven't said heel. You're not yanking on the dog. You're not telling her what to do. Why is she following you? And I jokingly said, I have that effect on dogs and sometimes on the wrong men. I don't know why she follows me. I do know why. But she knows that she's safe and she's protected and she loves me. Now, what do I give my dog? to make her have that kind of loyalty. Because remember, I have a lot of dogs. I have a lot of dogs in several different locations. Why do all my dogs, I could literally take any of my dogs and just walk with them. I can do it with Bruiser. I could do it with Bella. I could do it with with the puppy. I can do it with the other puppy. I can do it with my dogs in Missouri. I can do it with my dogs in Virginia or, or Georgia or, or, or California, anywhere. Why can I do that when... Most people can never even 
begin to try things like that? And the answer is, I give them the feeling of being safe and secure and that they don't have to do that job. Now, if your dog doesn't follow you just like a puppy dog, as they say, there's a reason for that. And the reason often is that when people are doing things, you're so hyper-focused on the dog that you're watching the dog. If you don't watch your dog, and please don't just decide to do this, you know, and say, oh, let's see, Janice can do it. Let's see if I can do it. Because your dog's going to run away because you haven't built the framework and the backdrop for this perfect play to take place. But what this dog was doing was walking next to me because she's used to that. She knows that I feed her. I take her for an occasional walk, not as many as I should because I have a lot of dogs. But the fact that she was with me, she was so excited to just be with mommy. And I love when my dogs look and they wait when I leave and I look at them and I look around the room and I think to myself, who should I take? And you can kind of see all of them if they had, you know, hands that they could raise. They'd be like little kids going, pick me, love me, choose me, like in Grey's Anatomy. That's what they look at me like, oh, please take me. I'm the most pitiful. So when they want to go, they know that they're special. Why would they want to run away and leave me when they're special with me and go somewhere else or get lost and not have that security? The answer is they don't want to. You can do that with your own dog, but you've got to build the framework first. You can't just expect them to walk by your side and do what you want them to do because there's some mental telepathy, some kind of crazy thing going on there. It's happening only because I've built the framework. Now, if you have a dog, even if you just got your dog, the first thing you have to do is teach them to respect you. Now, teaching the dog to respect you does not mean you zap them with a shot collar. You can use that in the bedroom with your significant other. I'm sure it would be a lot of fun. You're not going to use cranking and pulling and yanking on a choker chain or worse yet, on a prong collar. Because you could actually, if you pull the dog hard enough, you can perforate its skin. You could hurt its trachea. There are a whole lot of things, especially with a metal one, okay? So if you're going to use that to intimidate your dog, how is your dog going to trust you? It's not. Your dog's not going to trust you. He's not going to like you. He's going to look for the first opportunity to run out your door or get away from you because he hates you. He fears you. Why would you want a child or an animal to fear you and to feel coerced or intimidated or hurt or scared of you? And there are certainly people who like to intimidate their dogs. And I'm not saying every single person who uses a shock collar, prong collar, choker chain, or throwing things or squirting things. I'm not saying every single person is that. But if you could look, if you were a dog and you could go through, let's say, you know, instead of pet finder, human finder, and you're going on humanfinder.com, and you're a dog, and you go on humanfinder.com. Boy, that's a great idea. I think I'm going to go grab that. Um, if you could go on there, what would you as a dog look for in a quality and other qualities and other things of your human? Let's see. Let me go down the list. 
oh, look, I'm going to use a choker chain and scare the crap out of you, and I'm going to squirt you with lemon juice or citronella if you do something wrong, or, oh, I'm going to kick you, or I'm going to hit you, or I'm going to use a choker chain, I'm going to use a prong collar, I'm going to zap you, I'm going to throw things at you. Oh, yeah, sure, I want that human. Not one dog would pick most of you. Maybe you because you guys listened. But what dog would pick that as a future? Oh, I'm going to order you around and make you work for your food. Can you imagine doing that to a child? You'd have a kid with such severe eating um, issues and, and eating disorders because the, the child would be like, don't you love me enough to just feed me? That's not something that you should have to work for as an animal or as a person. It's something you should be a part of, but it's not something you should have to work for. Did your parents make you work? If you didn't work, you didn't get fed? Really? Maybe you mouthed off to your parents. Maybe you were a terrible child. Maybe you were terrible to them, and that's maybe one day or two days or whatever. They said you're not going to get dinner because you were bad. But as a regular rule, can you imagine having to work for your food and, and, and do party tricks? That's horrible. So... If you are going to be, let's say, the owner of a dog and let's say, you know, you were doing like a, a wanted, okay, um, I would say that probably the best thing to do would be for you to then look and say, I want to see what my dog, let me see what my dog is going to do. Let me look and let me see. And then all of a sudden you'd say, well, I guess I want somebody who's going to feed me good food. I guess I'm going to want someone who's going to care about me and be kind to me. I guess you could look at maybe, oh, I don't know, let's say somebody who's going to take me out for a walk. That would be a good one. Maybe someone who's going to pet you a lot I would that's the owner that's the owner I'd be looking for anyway so if we're looking at this and we're saying to ourselves what would a dog look for in an owner you know what I know they wouldn't look for somebody who's abusive I know they wouldn't look for somebody who is cruel or who uses some kind of punishing things like that I am pretty sure that no matter what, that that dog would want somebody who's gentle and kind, somebody who, oh, I don't know, somebody who maybe is going to be gentle and understanding, maybe somebody who is going to try to, oh, I don't know, there's so many things, but I'm pretty sure the dog isn't going to say, I want somebody who's going to beat the crap out of me. I want somebody who is going to be mean. I want somebody who is going to be whatever it is. I'm pretty sure that your dog would not have chosen a lot of other owners if they had a choice. We have to look at somebody that is going to be Somebody kind. Somebody, it's like you'd look for if you were going to try to find a, a 
a mate for your child, you know, or, or a good friend, and you'd be fixing people up. So let's think about for a second, what are some of those qualities that maybe would be things that we should look for in a dog and that dogs should look for in us? Well, I think kindness goes a long way. Respect goes a long way. Understanding. Clarity, which is commitment, and understanding what you expect. Fairness would be definitely something that we would want if we were a dog looking for a human. We would be looking for those things that we would expect or, or hope for in a spouse, in a boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other. We would look for in a friend, in a child. We want our child to be a good person. But why in the world would we ever think about doing something that's unkind and doing something that is unkind re- repeatedly? I don't know why we would, but I guess for whatever reason, that's what happens. So what do dogs need? What does a dog look for? All right, A dog wants the same things that you want in a relationship. So... One of the things that might be is a dog would look for somebody who's a good provider, right? And that's what we kind of look forward to as humans. We want a dog who's a good provider. And so this is as a dog, we would look for this human. And this is what a dog wants. Somebody who's going to get good food for me and as much as I need. So that's definitely something. Providing. One of the other things, I want somebody who's going to make me feel safe. A protector. That's your basic nature right there. Provide and protect. That's important. The dog is going to look and say, I want somebody who's going to provide for me. I want somebody who's going to protect me. And I just want to go be a dog. I want to wag my tail. I want to go play in the mud puddles. I want to have kids or other people who are going to, I'm going to have fun with. And that's really what it's all about. For a dog, they just want to be our buddies. They want to be treated well, and they're very, very loyal. That's why the old, you know, first uh, dog's name is Fido, Fido for Fidelis, which is loyalty. That's what, like, you know, you have to look at what is the dog getting back from you in that relationship? Is it getting anything back from you? If you create your dog all day long, that's maybe something you need to do if you're not home. But when you get home, don't get mad at the dog for being excited or amped up because he's been sitting in the crate for nine hours. Don't yell at him. Give him a little bit of exercise when he comes home. Let him settle down. Then have him do what you want to do. Take him for a nice long walk. You can put a little doggy backpack on the dog if he's okay with it. Most dogs like it. And you can put a bottle of spring water on either side of the backpack, unless it's a tiny dog, in which case you can use a roll of pennies or nickels, if you can even find pennies anymore. And the whole part of this that becomes so, so important is understanding what a dog wants and versus what a dog needs. Dogs need to have somebody in charge, like little kids need to have somebody in charge. You're never going to have a happy child if the child is scared because the child isn't sure what's going to happen or where anything's going to be. The child or the dog needs to have somebody there by his side 
who is going to help him, make him feel good, make him feel loved. And I think the most important part of that is probably going to be letting the dog know that you're there for him, that he's safe, he's secure. So that if he is afraid of something, like a child might be afraid of a thunderstorm, you don't patronize him and say, oh, yes, it's okay, it's okay, and pet him when he's scared because then you make more of that. But you also don't get upset with him. And if a dog has separation anxiety, you don't get angry at the dog. You understand the underlying cause of this, and that's what you're going to be working on, maybe even today, with understanding what your dog needs versus what you think your dog needs. So, dogs need training. True or false? No. False. They don't need training. They need to understand what you expect of them. That is not necessarily training. Now, when is training good? It's good when you have a good, well-behaved puppy or dog that isn't trying to eat other dogs, that isn't trying to bite, that isn't trying to jump and knock down your toddler. There are a lot of things that I look for, <laughs> that I look for well in, um, you know, in, in what I want for somebody who's going to even be working with my dogs or other dogs. I want somebody who's kind. I want somebody who's consistent. I want somebody who's slow to anger, but who's quick to praise. That's the biggest thing, and I think that's the problem with so many humans. Slow to anger, quick to praise. There you go. I'm going to trademark that one, too. Slow to anger, quick to praise is important because what happens is when you start getting angry and your dog starts picking up on that, that you're angry, your dog looks at energy as being, you know, if let's say you decide you're going to get, you know, have a hissy fit, you're going to have a problem, and you're yelling, your dog isn't looking and saying, oh, look, he's upset, he had a bad day. Your dog is like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? And he also looks at you as being an unstable person. Well, dogs aren't going to follow an unstable leader. People will. People will follow anybody because we have to. But the thing you do not want to do is scream at your dog, yell at your dog, excoriate your dog, and be upset with your dog because he, for whatever reason, didn't do what you wanted him to do. He's not a darn mind reader. You have to teach. It's not about training. My dogs, not one of my dogs, if you say the word sit or lie down, will sit or lie down. Not one. Why is that? But wait, I just told you my dog walked a, a, a huge 50-acre park off leash next to me. Didn't, didn't veer more than a foot off the, off the course where I was. Stopped when I stopped. Started when I started. Wait a minute. That's got to be a lot of training. Heel, 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 heel. Cookie, 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 zap, yank. No. How about dog is my buddy? And I'm in charge because I'm older, I'm wiser, and it's my house. So it's my rules. But I'm super kind, unless you cross me, then I'm the world. I, I, I always say I can be your best friend or your worst nightmare. 
and you hurt an animal, you're going to see a worse nightmare come up. You try to hurt anybody I love, oh, worse nightmare is going to come out real quick. But my dog or your dog who stays with me isn't doing something intentionally. Dogs don't typically misbehave because they want to. They misbehave because there's no clarity. You're not consistent in what you do. You yell at your dog for, you know, begging at the table, but, oh, Grandpa's sitting there feeding him pieces of pasta and, and pretzels and cornbread when he's there. So for eight hours a day while Grandpa's watching your dog, he's there feeding the dog from the table, encouraging it. You come home, the dog does the same thing to you, and you whack him or you yell at him or you throw him in his crate. What do you think the dog thinks? He thinks you're a lunatic because, I don't know, I like Grandpa. He's nice. He's cool. He gives me food, and he, and he lets me do all this fun stuff. That's what you're supposed to do with a grandparent. Your grandparents let you get away with murder, and that's why we love our grandparents so much. But you can't get mad or angry or upset or frustrated with the dog when the dog is the one who is confused. The dog isn't sure what he's supposed to do. And if the dog isn't sure what he's supposed to do and you're yelling and screaming, what do you think the dog thinks? The dog thinks you're out of your mind. And maybe you are. I don't know. So you have to become more calm, more confident, stable. Make sure that the dog understands what you're asking of him. Make sure that you're not asking the wrong thing of your dog. Don't ask your dog to do something brand new. If, let's say, you just started working on, let's say, come heel, which is, oh, you know, I don't do come heel because my dogs are always near me. But let's say you're working on come heel. Don't take the dog out to a park with chipmunks and squirrels and little kids and birds and ducks and, you know, all kinds of, you know, distractions when the dog isn't rock solid on that, knowing whatever it is you want it to do. But I see people who go out and they take the dog off leash or they use a long training lead and they bring, you know, a cookie or something. And the dog doesn't want the cookie. He wants to look at the birds. He wants to watch the kids running. He wants to chase the chipmunk or the squirrel or look at the duck or whatever. And you set him up to fail. And then you get mad at him. You yank on him. And then you walk home or you drive home. And you get mad at the dog. Well, why would you do that? Get the dog solid first in your house and then in your yard, in your backyard maybe where there are fewer distractions. Then maybe in the front yard. Then maybe out on your walk in your neighborhood. Then try a park when it's nice and quiet. Then try one that's a little more crowded. Then you can try the, you know, park that's going to be super busy because there's all the kids running around and playing in the summer. So we really have to look at why dogs are failing and it really comes down usually to humans so congratulations the human race you are not only screwing up gas prices and we'll leave that one out because i have not seen a bumper sticker with a certain person's name on it in a very long time i think since gas hit about four bucks a gallon but we have the power to do a lot start at home with your own animal Start small and then go big. Don't start big and then go small because all that's going to happen if you do that is you're going to fail 
You cannot for a minute think that you are going to um, have a dog that is going to listen to you if you don't teach it, teach your dog to respect you. You cannot demand respect. This is my phrase. You command respect. You can demand anything you darn well please. I demand $20 billion, Mr. Gates. Well, good luck. He's going to probably have the police come and take you away, right? You can't demand things. You can command them. And respect and love and following the rules is all founded in the relationship. I am extremely relationship-based behavior. I believe I was the first one ever say that. I've never heard that phrase before I came up with it many, many years ago, probably at least 20 years ago relationship. It's about the relationship you have with your dog. It's about the relationship your dog has with you, which is more important. So if your dog does not have the ability to understand or the dog does not trust you and he doesn't understand what you're saying, you're just going to make him basically get scared of you. And that is not something we want. You know what fearful dogs do? They bite people, they run away, they howl all day, they try to attack other animals or even attack people. They're trying to jump through windows. An animal who is frightened or unsure is very unpredictable. We don't want an unpredictable animal. We want a predictable animal. We want a dog like Maya Zeri who went out with me with a little dog that was trying to basically eat her for the first 10 minutes. And she was off leash. She could go anywhere. She went behind me. Why? Not because she was scared. This dog was like six pounds. She's like 90 pounds. She went behind me because she was saying to herself, I don't know what to do in this situation. So I'm going to go behind mom because mom's going to take care of it. And I taught the dog and the owner who was awesome did what I told her to do, and within minutes, we were all walking, all four of us, walking through my private park here, having a blast, enjoying the sun, taking pictures, just really, really having a beautiful, beautiful day. That's what life is supposed to be. So when you have a dog who is spectacular and beautiful and wonderful, you should enjoy that dog and try to do fun stuff with it. Don't do stuff that you're going to hate your, you know, hate the time and that you're not going to enjoy yourself, right? You have to do things that are going to be enjoyable to the dog too. And if you don't do that, why do you think your dog would want to stay with you? You sound boring probably. If you're not going to do something that's going to help that dog and that's going to give him the understanding that he's worth it and that he's with you and he's safe, you're not going to have a very fun life with your dog. I think sometimes our once-in-a-lifetime dogs, those heart dogs that we get, or heart horse or heart any animal, I think it's because we look at each other and look in each other's eyes, and it's a feeling, it's a chemistry, and it's no different from the chemistry you might have felt with a dear friend the first time you met or with a spouse, if you're lucky enough, when you first met. But dogs have that too. Dogs, most dogs just want to be loved. 
They want to have clarity. They want to understand what you want of them. So when you're yelling and screaming because they're barking, you're howling louder than they are. You're just their backup singers, barking, barking, barking. And so the dog goes, oh, okay, I better keep barking because everybody else is barking too because they perceive you're yelling as barking. So the dog says to himself, nope. Apparently, what I'm doing is exactly what they want because my whole pack is joining in and howling with me. And that is something, my friends, that your dog is thinking that if he had the different vocal cords and the command of language that some people have, your dog would be telling you, please just stop screaming at me. I don't hear anything. It sounds like wah, 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 wah. Fluffy, wah, 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 fluffy, wah, 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 wah. Your dog is not understanding when you're yelling at him. All he knows is you're barking louder than he is. He's in charge because he's closer to the window or to the dog or to the whatever he's barking at or whomever he's barking at than you are. Learn to speak your dog's language. That's why you need to listen to this show because I'm going to teach you the things that nobody else understands, and certainly nothing that anybody else wants to teach you. Because if I teach you the fundamentals and not like the secret to proper dog training, the secret is don't be unstable. The secret is be fair and kind. And the secret is be calm and confident and understand what your dog needs and give him that. Well, We are going to take a very, very quick break, and we'll be right back with From Shelter Dog to Service Dog. Stay tuned. Welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. I'm still here. I just wanted to go through some kind of basics today of going through um, different training techniques and what you should use for your dog if you're trying to train your dog to become a service dog. Now, it's the same thing if you want to train your dog to be a service dog, a therapy dog, emotional support dog, whatever. Your basic public access and your basics are going to be very similar. We want a non-reactive dog who's calm, who's confident, who's a friendly dog without being overly friendly and then we get into a service dog. We want it to be friendly, um, again, not aggressive to anyone, but we want the dog to be friendly to other people because we don't want it to be aggressive, but you also don't want that dog to be so friendly to others that, you know, somebody calls the dog and it drags you away because, you know, it just doesn't care about you. It cares about just, oh, look, somebody's going to pet me. Look, that man's got a steak. I'm a yellow lab. So... The keys, though, are being consistent and teaching your dog that everything is okay, you've got it. What we don't want to do is let the dog think that it's in charge of you, even when it should be in charge of you, because the problem there becomes that when the dog starts looking and seeing that he's in charge, he may think that he's in charge all the time. You only want them in charge a very small percentage of the time. If anybody wants to take our full service dog training course, 
you can reach out to me. Um, you could actually uh, look at our website. You can um, reach out, and I'll give you some email addresses and even a phone number, 855-449-9288. You can reach out to us, and we can either take your dog after we meet and evaluate the dog and make sure that the dog is going to be a good candidate. We check that all out. We're happy to help. We're also happy to help you rehabilitate a dog with behavioral issues because that's what we do. But when you have a dog that you're going to be training to be a service dog, your key is making sure that the dog is calm, confident, unresponsive, non-responsive. In other words, not that the dog is looking at everything and not that the dog is acting or reacting to everything. You want the dog to kind of not care, but you don't want him to not care about you. You want him to not care about his surroundings. So that if somebody pushes a shopping cart into him, like happened to one of our dogs last week at the supermarket, and somebody just crashed a shopping cart into the dog, the dog just got bounced around a little bit, but he was fine to continue the uh, training. Um, we've had different things happen, like little kids running up, like Wyatt, that for whatever reason used to happen to him all the time. Little kids would just run up. We had a kid at Kennedy Airport once who ran up to Wyatt. Um, I've had kids do that, and I've even had parents say, oh, look at the dog. It's a therapy dog. Go give it a hug. I mean, if you want to do that with my 105-pound dog, I mean, granted, my dog is good, but some of the ones that we've seen, these horror stories on, like, Delta, and, and not that it was Delta's fault, um, but we've seen these, or Southwest, where a fake service dog was on a plane, or you have somebody who's got, you know, just a, a dog that's like their pet. Little kids are going to come up to dogs. You know, when you see a dog in a place that you normally wouldn't see a dog, you're going to have a lot of attention on you. So if the dog is going to be reactive, you're going to have a problem. And now we even have, thankfully, um, thanks to a couple of my friends, including my friend Temple, there are no more emotional support chickens, peacocks, or ducks on um, on flights. Now, it's not that I don't believe that dogs can help their owners. It's that people were taking advantage of it. And if you don't have a disability, you should not be faking a disability. Be thankful that you don't have a disability. But if you have a, a need for it, and if you or let's say you have a dog and you really, really need a dog who's going to be, you know, helping you because you're terrified of flying or because you're afraid of people, you know, being very close together with people. That's not really a psychiatric dog. That could be if you're crippled by that feeling and you cannot function, that might actually be a need for a legitimate service dog. So look at what you have and look at, what the potential help could be. And if you feel that, you know, hey, wow, you know, my dog is pretty smart. He's young. And, you know, I would like to, you know, be able to do more because I'm very limited or you're a veteran and you have PTSD. Um, you can't sleep at night. You can't, you know, go places because you're afraid to have something behind you or someone standing behind you or hovering close to you then you might be able to qualify for a legitimate service dog. So why not try? But the problem is that now, which is a good thing, because now you have to swear and attest 
that you are responsible for your dog, that your dog has been completely and fully trained, and that the dog is providing a service to you. So now if you sign that paper and it's not true, you are perjuring yourself. You can be punished by law. You might be fined. You might even be able to go to jail. It's a pretty, pretty serious thing. So it's a shame that in our litigious society, people just try to hurt each other. People try to sue each other. And the same way, if you're a business owner, I want you to know something. I'm on your side. I, as a service dog user and trainer, but I use my own service dogs. I've been using service dogs for more than 30 years. I hate going into a restaurant or going into a supermarket, and there's a fake service dog there, and the darn dog starts trying to eat my dog or pull towards my dog or steal food, and I look at it, and, you know, other people aren't going to realize because they're not in the industry. They're not going to realize that that dog, that other dog, is a fake. They're just going to remember that, oh, that's, I service dogs aren't well-trained. because I, I know because I saw one at the supermarket. Well, who does that hurt? It doesn't hurt you because you can go without the dog because you don't really have a disability, right? But it, what it does do is it hurts children and adults. And it even hurts me because now next time I go to that store, people would think that maybe mine isn't a service dog either. Of course, I never get that because our dogs go into places and most people don't even know that the dog is there. And then they come around to either bag the groceries or, of course, of course that's a thing of the past now too. But, you know, they come over there, oh, my God, there's a dog. I didn't even know the dog was there. And you say, yes, ma'am, that is what a real service dog should behave like. So if a dog comes in and you own a business, yes, you can tell them to leave. Absolutely, 100%. And if they say, I'm going to sue you, you pretty much know they're not a real service dog. Because if word got back to us and Merlin's kids that you were, you know, yelling that you're going to sue people because they won't let you in, I'm going to have a personal talking to with you. That is not okay. You respect people. We educate. If somebody doesn't let you in for public access or if somebody doesn't let you into a place, you ask calmly to ask to see the manager. You can ask them calmly to check things out. If they Usually what happens is they'll ask you and they'll say something to the effect of, well, do you have your paperwork or do you have your identification card? So you're going to say no. I do not have an identification card because according to the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990, which is a federal law, you are not allowed to ask for that. But the two questions you can ask me are, is this a service dog required because of a disability? And I will answer yes. And you cannot ask me the disability, but you can ask what tasks or jobs is the dog trained to perform? That is what you can ask me and I will be happy to answer. And if they threaten to call the police, you can say, if that's what you feel you need to do, that's fine. I'll wait for them. Or you can ask them for, uh, you know, for the name of their owner or their manager um, if the person isn't there. And you can reach out to, um, actually, we have a website that is going to be helping people. But you can also call that 800 number. 
we will talk to them. But if your dog is not a legitimate service dog and they let your dog in, if a business lets a dog in that is not a service dog, especially in the food industry, you can actually have health code violations, health department violations, because a dog is not allowed in a restaurant or public location that there is food being prepared and or served, but generally prepared, that you cannot have a dog in there except a service dog. So as a business, it behooves you to ask, oh, what a, what a beautiful dog. I just have to ask you the two questions allowed by ADA. Is this a service dog required because of a disability? You say, yes, it is, and you smile because you know that you're not going to have a problem with this place. And then you say, when they ask you what tasks is, or jobs is the dog trained to perform, the dog is trained to check blood sugar and to alert. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for coming. Here's your menu. Here's this. Let's put you in this nice big roomy booth. Is it better for you to be at a table or a booth? What would you prefer? That's what should happen. But by yelling and screaming and carrying on, even if it is a legit service dog, I'd be challenging that. And all too many times, businesses are shanghaied into letting a dog and an owner come in, even though the owner is absolutely not disabled, except perhaps mentally, because um, they're, they're idiots. And I guess that's a mental disability to be an idiot um, and to be ignorant. But... Your basics are if the dog is allowed in, it's not that they can permit you, they can't prevent you, but if the dog is either not housebroken or is acting in a dangerous or aggressive way, a restaurant or a public place can ask your dog to leave. They cannot ask you to leave. They could say, okay, you know, I'm sorry, your dog is acting in an inappropriate way. Your dog is growling, biting, jumping on us, whatever it is. And it has to be, it can't just be the dog is looking at you. Um, we've also had that where I had somebody once, uh, your dog can't come in here. And I said, I'm sorry, my dog is my service dog. You can ask me these two questions. They said, well, I don't like dogs, I'm afraid. And I'm like, and I'm sorry that you're afraid, but we're not here to scare you. We're here to eat lunch. Can you give me somebody else who can help us? And I'll be happy to sit on the other side. But I'm not going, you're not going to violate my rights because you're afraid because your mother told you you're allergic to dogs and you're not, so now you're terrified of all the dogs out there. So the key for us is don't make a big stink about it. Just If they don't let you in, then they don't let you in. If they do let you in, then they do let you in. But the key for, for me is to make sure that I don't do anything that's going to potentially ruin, um, you know, the opportunities for other people. Because if you end up and, you know, you know, you have a, um, an opportunity to do something good and instead, you know, you wind up messing things up, then, you know, that's terrible because now you've ruined it for other people. Don't, you know, don't do that. Okay. Don't, decide that you're going to do something silly because that is not at all a good thing. And especially when so many people are trying to have service dogs these days, and there are some good agencies out there. There are some, also some terrible places that go, I swear, it's like 
the, the average lifespan of a service dog agency is about two years. They come in, they're like all gung-ho, they're going to do all these things, they charge people a ton of money, they can't perform, they go out of business, they rip off a whole bunch of people. That's kind of, I think, what is at the basis of this is people don't know what to do. And because they don't know what to do, they do it wrong. And it's really, really a shame that people are, you know, basically, for lack of a better way to say it, you know, getting in their own way or shooting themselves in the foot. So if you are in a place that is denying you access, treat the person there as you would treat a child. Why do you why do you say or why do you believe that I am not permitted in here? Oh, well, you're not allowed to have a dog. Well, let me show you. Go on your cell phone, and this is what I think the best thing is. Have people say, okay, go on to uh, the Department of Justice, or you can just Google service dog questions. You'll, it'll go back to the Department of Justice, the government website, and it will say the two questions that are permitted to be asked, and it will give you the uh, confirmation that, you don't need to have any kind of documentation whatsoever. And this is, to me, really, really important. If we're able to teach people and educate people, then the next time you educate somebody, they don't do the same thing to the next person who comes in. And that's how we educate and that's how we teach. We don't do it by being mean and yelling and screaming and, you know, acting up because you're making it worse for everyone else. Now, if you want to train your dog, and certainly, 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 we only have a few more minutes. Man, I can't believe time flies. But if you want to train your dog, make sure you either have somebody, and I would not say your local yokel obedience trainer. I would say have someone perhaps who is a very experienced person who's been working either in a shelter or a rescue help you. They're going to know more than, you know, your local dog trainer who, you know, only trains golden retriever puppies and doesn't want to do anything with other dogs. Do not use a police trainer. Do not, I mean, first of all, if they're active police, they are not permitted by contract uh, to train your dog. And if they are loud, if they're boisterous, if you don't like them, if they're condescending or demeaning to you, they're calling you honey. They're calling you, you know, saying like, oh, let, let me explain this to you and trying to make you feel like anything less than a brilliant person. Make sure you don't use them. There's so many good people out there. Like I said, consider uh, somebody who is a legitimate behaviorist um, or a very, very good trainer. Actually, some of the pet codes have some pretty good uh, people in there. But you want to deal with somebody who's dealt with good dogs and bad dogs so that they know what they're looking at. And somebody who's not hung up on a particular breed, although certain breeds are definitely more talented than others, you still want to make sure that the dog you choose is going to be appropriate for the job you wish it to do. Um, so let's say you, you say, for instance, you want you know a mobility dog. Uh, no, you can't pick a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel because... I call those single-use dogs because you fall on him once and he's going to get squashed. 
So you need to have something larger, but there are also vests that you can utilize. And with those vests, you can actually make the dog a little larger by the type of handle and the type of vest you use and even use what I call a riser pad or a bump pad like we use with horses to elevate the saddle. We can do the same thing and we can elevate the harness on the dog's back to give you a few more inches, up to maybe two inches we could do um, to make the vest taller. So there are a lot of different little tricks that we can use to do that. But again, most important thing, is the temperament, the physical qualities, make sure the dog is standing four square, make sure that the dog is, is calm, is confident, isn't reactive, um, doesn't want the ball um, more than it wants you, doesn't want the squirrel more than it wants you. And once you get that dog who is, you know, the match, and you find the breed or the combination of breeds or the rescue dog that is going to be the perfect match, that's when you need to find the perfect person to help you train the dog. And, you know, we're happy to help. Uh, Again, 855-449-9288. You can always look look us up and uh, give us a call. You can also email us. Um, if you'd like to, through the network, through the station, BBS Radio, and we're happy to help you in any way we can. We can even potentially train your dog for you, with you, or have you do it, um, but doing a lot of things remotely and then just uh, working on the Canine Good Citizen, which I am actually an evaluator for uh, AKC CGC and a whole bunch of the others. And this way, you have the right dog who wants to do the job, who can do the job, and who's going to last a long time because he's going to enjoy it and he's going to be built for it and he's going to be the perfect dog for you or she will be the perfect dog for you. Well, here we go again. Cannot believe how quickly time flies when I'm having fun. We will see you next week. Please enjoy. Be healthy. Be happy. Enjoy this beautiful weekend. Make sure you give your dog plenty of water if he's out with you or at home. Uh, Make sure that your air conditioning is working. If it's not, um, let your dog have access either way to plenty of fresh, clean water, cold water, or cool water. Um, So if you use a stainless steel bowl, it'll keep your water a little cooler because the metal will continue to take the heat out of the bowl. And be good to your animals. Be good to yourself. Be good to your family. Be kind. And we'll see you next week. 